This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. This episode of the podcast is supported by V.02. Go to V.02.com to learn more about their programming. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, for 20% off the adaptive trainer. If you want to learn more about utilizing VDOT for coaching, email me, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. And by going to v.02.com, you can learn more about a free 30-day trial. All right, today's episode in this coaching series sponsored by VDOT, I got to talk to Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall is one of the greatest American distance runners of all time. He is married to Sarah Hall, who, by the way, just announced that she's running the Boston Marathon, which is very exciting. Uh, Ryan holds the fastest marathon, 204.58 and half marathon, 59.43 in U.S. history. He's the co-founder of Run Free Training. He's a coach, and uh, he is very into lifting weights these days, which he has been for several years. I love digging into Ryan's mentality, learning about how he coaches athletes, and I always walk away from conversations with Ryan feeling super inspired to work hard and have a healthy, positive mindset, which is not always easy to do. It's really not. Uh, But Ryan also talks about some techniques and ways to stay in the game mentally when it feels daunting and hard. And we get to hear about his coaching. You know, he's coaching Ben Blankenship, who was recently on this podcast. Uh, He's a 1,500-meter runner, Olympian, who is taking on his first marathon soon. So we hear all about Ryan's training groups and what coaching looks like for him. It's a fun episode. I think you're going to like it a lot. All right, this coaching series is supported by... VDOT. VDOT is the coaching app that I personally use for all of my athletes that I coach, and I cannot recommend it enough. Whether you're an athlete or a coach, there's something for you in VDOT. Uh, To check out their adaptive trainer, if you are an athlete and you're looking to get some better training for yourself, go to VDOT02.com and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, for 20% off. And if you're a coach and you want to check it out, you can get a 30-day free trial. Just visit v.02.com to learn more. If you have any questions, email me, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. All right, friends, if you enjoy this podcast and this series specifically, leave us a quick rating interview on iTunes or wherever you're listening so that potential new listeners can find us. I hope you find some really valuable information in this conversation. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're out on the run, running errands, doing something fun and that you enjoy this bonus coaching series. Thank you, VDOT, for supporting this series and enjoy my conversation with Ryan Hall. All right, today back on the show, we've got Ryan Hall. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. Hey, Lindsay, how you doing? Thanks for having me back. So excited to speak with you. I I have to tell you, your interview, I don't know, it was three years ago maybe? It was a while. It's been one of my favorite interviews I've ever done, so I'm excited for this. Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember. I loved our conversation. So looking forward to round two. Yeah, round two. Ryan is again sitting in a parking lot somewhere, maybe waiting on a child (laughs) to finish practice or or something of the sorts. The car interviews go over well, though. The sound quality is actually pretty good. 
Uh, no, it's the, it's the quietest place I can go. Cause you go to a coffee shop, it's all loud in the background. So I've been doing everything out of my car. But yeah, I'm waiting for one of my daughters to get out of school. So once she's uh, out, I'll go pick her up right after this interview. <laughs> um, I have I have told many of people, we can't do this interview while you're in that coffee shop right now. Like you're either going to have to go to your car or we're going to have to reschedule because it is a no-go. Yeah, it, it can be Tricky. Like we have very spotty Wi-Fi and cell service up here in Flag. So, um, yeah, sometimes I just, I just can't do the interviews. I'm like, sorry, like I just can't go anywhere that's quiet that have good Wi-Fi. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you for this coaching series specifically. I know the last time we talked, we talked a lot about your own career. We did talk about you coaching Sarah. Um, but recently I interviewed Ben Blankenship. And so um, I know you're coaching him to really become a marathoner. So that's so exciting. Yeah, I was stoked to work with Ben. I've always been curious, like, what it would be like to take a guy who had world-class 1500 speed and then take him up to the marathon. And kind of my intuition has always been uh, they their high-end potential is really high, but it might take them longer to get there in the marathon because it takes time to develop that threshold strength that marathoners need. Um, so we're kind of, you know, just starting the process and um, having some fun, having some setbacks too. He's had a couple of niggles pop up, which is actually, you know, fairly common for marathon training. Like I don't think I ever did one marathon block where I didn't have one problem. So I um, he's around into a couple of those, but overall he's just, he loves just grinding hard and just going out and running hard for a long amount of time. And that's, that's the kind of mindset you have to have to be a good marathoner. So combine that with his speed. I think he's got a lot of potential. So it's been really fun working with him. Yeah, and like going to the well in the marathon has to be just a total different mentality than going to the well in the 1500. Yeah, we were, I was actually chatting with this uh, earlier on with Ben because he said usually like you're used to racing a 1500 if you feel good that's actually a bad sign it means you're not going hard enough you know (laughs) like you should be feeling pretty bad like almost the whole race right whereas I had to tell him I was like in the marathon is different like you got to feel good let yourself feel good enjoy feeling good for a long amount of time you know so you know the natural tendency for anyone coming up from sprint background to 1500 middle distance whatever it is is you want to push early and like you want that intense pain when really like the marathon is all about managing that like long grindy dull pain for hours on end you know oh sounds miserable (laughs) (laughs) what's what's funny is it's actually like it's all about how you frame it right because like yeah it does And, and there's times when it is miserable but if you find that you're experiencing that, whether it's a run or race or whatever you're doing, like try just reframing things, being like, okay, right now, everything in my brain is interpreting what's happening, the sensations I'm having in a negative light. Like what happens if I have the same exact sensations going on in my body, but I just reframe it and I look at it through almost like positive lens, you know, like your positivity glasses, um, that's going to totally change the experience that you're having, even though you're experiencing the same exact sensations. So a lot of this stuff, like when it comes to the marathon and long grinding stuff and really any event, it's all about just like learning to coach yourself through it when you're in the middle of an immense amount of pain. And you got to have a lot of different tactics to get through those moments, because sometimes you're going to try something that's worked before and it just doesn't work that day you know so really like you got to have a whole quiver of, of things that you can pull out and be like okay that didn't work let me try this mm. let me try that let me try it. you gotta have like 20 different things to kind of coach yourself through it and honestly like oftentimes for me a lot of it's just tricking myself through the workout or the race the entire way 
Like I, I did this the other day. I was on the rower um, up here in Flagstaff. I was just doing like a 5,000 meter row, like a pretty hard one. And I felt like stopping after a thousand meters. And every time I got to a thousand meters, I was just like, just go another 500, then you can stop, you know? And then every time I get to the end of that 500, I would like reconvince myself, retrick myself into going, just, just go another 500 and just see how it goes. You know, you, you can definitely stop and get to this one and you're just tricking yourself through it. 500, you know, and eventually you get to the finish line and that's how you're able to kind of get everything out of yourself, right? Because right? the body's capable of so much, but it's really easy to, in your mind, in the way you interpret the sensations going on in your body in a really negative light. And that's when you shut down. That's when you stop. That's when your pace falls off. And that's happened to me a million times. You know, like I'm only talking about this through my own experience. Like I've, like I said, to this day, I'm still tricking myself through workouts and, and in the weight room and everything that I'm doing, you know, and it's, it, it's a mental, um, challenge that i love about endurance sports it's actually really fun yeah but on the rower you know you said you were doing a hard row too for five thousand. to me it's like tricking myself through the boredom even though i'm working really hard because it's that same motion over and over again and i think a lot of people could compare that to being bored on the treadmill right Oh, absolutely. And I get bored too. Like sometimes you're just staring at those numbers and like, as we'll just put a towel over the screen mm -hmm. sometimes just being like, I'm not even looking at the numbers, but also I noticed for myself, I tend to get bored when I'm not focused on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm not focused on, it's like, like every stroke I'm like, let me just nail this stroke and make it as perfect as I know how to make it. Let me fire my muscles exactly how they should be firing all throughout. And like when you're really focused on what you're doing, it's actually like not boring at all. Mm -hmm. But if you let your mind drift and you start thinking about, oh man, I spent like 10 minutes of this <laughs> or however long this, like you, I can, t I've talked myself out of many a workouts that way. But when I'm like really present in what I'm doing and just trying to almost like treat it as like your craft, you know, like, let me just do this as excellent as possible. Like, it's not about the numbers, how fast you're going, how hard you're pulling any of that stuff, the amount of weight on the bar. Like, it's about like craftsmanship and executing this movement as perfectly as you know how to execute it at that time and then trying to get better at it. You know, it's like, I'm always like thinking about, okay, that felt like a little bit weird how I drove through the board. Let me just like change my foot placement a little bit. And you're just tweaking little things and you can really, you can occupy yourself for quite a long time when you have that kind of mindset, you know? Yeah. That reminds me a lot of, I do the reformer and Pilates like once a week and everything is about going as slow as you possibly can to like muscle shaking um, and less is so much more. And I don't really get bored doing Pilates because I'm thinking so much about making sure it takes me four seconds to get down and four seconds to get up. Yeah, I love that. I've been obsessed with that myself recently in the gym, like especially on the eccentric phase of lifts, just mm -hmm. going really slow and controlling it and like using way less weight than I can use, you know, but just feeling the contraction and i think that's what you're getting on the pilates right it's like you can feel the muscle contracting like all the way through the contraction and it's hitting different spots of the muscle as you're going deeper and deeper into these ranges it's actually like a really cool almost kind of like meditative state for mm -hmm. me like i'm not i'm not good at meditating or like controlling my mind very well but when i'm lifting like my mind is nowhere else but in my muscle and it's actually like a really fun kind of state to be in so it's like a flow state totally. you know that's really really fun Okay, I'm so curious though, you were obviously able to get into the flow state and running back in the day when you were like, you know, doing all the crazy things you did and you do it now with lifting. 
like, where are you getting these mindset things from? Is this like who you are or are you listening to podcasts, reading books? Like what inspires your mind to stay so sharp? Yeah, a lot of it is just like, I just love it. You know, like I, I loved it when I was running and I went as deep and far as I could take it, you know, and now with the lifting, it's the same deal. It's like, and I think too, as you're getting older, it's like you have to start engaging your mind more than your muscle, right? It's mm-hmm. like when you're young, you can just like throw weights around or you sprint and not even think about how you're moving. But it's actually like way more fun to be in tune with your body and exactly how it's moving and and just be noticing everything about it, how it's moving, how it tends to move, the things it doesn't want to do. Like I was thinking about that today. I was like, I think for like like people like myself in their forties, um, it's becomes more and more important actually to have a coach. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, I'm just kind of like a scientist. Like I just, the gym is my way to experiment and to learn things for my athletes. But I think it is important because I spend about half the time in the gym doing what I want to do. And I spend the other half of the time in the gym doing the things I suck at that I don't want to do, that I don't feel like doing. And as you get older, you need someone to be putting those things mm-hmm. on your programming because we all drift towards what we like to do. Yes. And then so you always do the things you like to do. You don't do the things that are your weaknesses that you really need to do. So you stop doing those things. And then you can no longer do those things because you don't do those things. Right. So totally. it's like so important for people i think like in my age category that you get you have someone who's being like hey we're gonna do this it's gonna suck but you have to do this like this is this is gonna help you a lot and you got to keep this tool in your bags if you stop doing this exercise you're not gonna be able to get up off the ground anymore you know and so we got to do this you're gonna hate it but we gotta just get through this but you also you know couple that with like hey you do get to do the things you like to do too the things that make you come to life but I always do it. I do the things I like to do first and I like just enjoy the heck out of it. And then the back half of my workout is kind of like pain in the butt stuff. But I'm like, I got to do this stuff for some, cause I can feel it. Right. Like mm-hmm. I can feel getting more creaky on runs and I've been doing more mountain runs and doing like a lot of descending and stuff. And like, I'm just not as athletic and nimble as I used to be and like little aches and pains. I'm like, man, I, if I don't get more stable on one foot on one leg, like I'm not going to be able to run anymore. You know, like mm-hmm. this is really important that I work on this in the gym and it's cool now because I like know how to use the gym in such a way that I can isolate those problems that I'm having and then you know you go out in the mountains and get to enjoy the fruits of your labor from the gym I saw you started doing box jumps because you didn't like doing box jumps Yep. <laughs> I, I still have those in the mix. Now I'm working on pistol squats, okay. which I also hate. It's a, it's a one-legged body squat. And like most climbers, gymnastics, it requires a little bit of, mo- well, a lot of mobility and flexibility. So a lot of runners can't do it. I've never been able to do it. And I don't even care if I can do it. I just want to work on it and I want to get better at it. So like I just have a chair and I'm just lowering myself sitting down and then trying to use my mm-hmm. own power and strength to drive through the ground and get up out of the the chair so that's like an example of something i was doing the gym today and i was like i'm so bad at this you know (laughs) Like I, I hope that no one is like watching me for any type of like form uh, or like learning how to do this movement. Cause I just look terrible, but I know, <laughs> you know, it's my weakness. It's stuff I need to work on. And I'm gonna get the biggest bang from my book working on the stuff I'm terrible at compared to just always just hitting the stuff I'm really good at. Were you at your home gym though? Or were you at like a gym where people could see you? 
Yeah, no, I'm usually my home gym. Um, but I was at a real gym today. We got some snow, so Sarah's doing a workout. So so I was at the gym. It's so funny going to the gym with her when she's working out. Because, you know, it's a cardio room. There's all these treadmills, all these people on there because it's a snowy day. And I'm just like this creepy guy like stalking <laughs> her, like just staring at her running on the treadmill for like 20 minutes. And they're like, what is this guy looking at? And I'm taking video and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to get like turned into the police officers here. But like, I'm not gonna- wife i promise <laughs> yeah, yeah but i, I feel like I you're in flagstaff <laughs> don't people know who you guys are no you know it's funny uh <laughs> sarah's just doing a run the other day with some of the bowerman girls and like like they went to stanford and they had no idea like who we were really so, you know yeah and like sarah's still going i was i right. wasn't surprised they didn't know who i was but sarah's still you know so yeah no we're you know small circles um, <laughs> usually it's like the people who are our age don't yeah. know who we are yeah. but the younger crew you know they're they're looking up to the grant fishers and you know the people who are rolling right now which is understandable yeah that's so interesting and i wonder how much like that younger generation in college now follows the sport differently than like you we did like you or you and Sarah did in college because there's just so much more accessibility now. Right. Yep. Yep. And so you're not only following the kids who are fast, you're following the kids who are like really popular on yeah. these socials, you know? So, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you guys are like legendary at Stanford. There's no <laughs> way that I'm like, that's insane. Maybe they were just like starstruck and embarrassed. Like, I don't want to act, I don't want to be too cool. <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> um. So tell us about run free training. Like, how has that changed and evolved since the last time we talked around three years ago? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always growing, you know. We're always trying to improve on what we're doing. Um, we're doing some fun summer camps, for example. Oh, fun. Like we did a camp in Crescent View. Um, this year will be in Flagstaff, too. So that's been really cool to actually, like, take people. Cause the, what I love is, like, the in-person coaching, you know, and obviously run-free training is online. But um, it's, it's fun to get these summer camps to so get some in-person time, not just with our athletes, but with other athletes as well, and kind of take them through, like, a day in the life. Like, how do we actually do this stuff? You know, like it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to like do it. So um, that's been kind of like a cool thing we've been throwing in the mix, uh, but still like, you know, just focused on the basics. Not saying about this in the weight room. It's funny how like I always feel this need that like things need to always like change. And things are always changing, whether you want them to or not, you know, but I think sometimes like I forget about like mastering the basics, mm-hmm. you know, and so like, like my lifting it's about like, how are you doing those movements, you know? Um, so, you know, we're, we're focused on the basics in terms of our holistic five, you know, like dressing nutrition and the 1% and um, weights and looking under everything. Cause you, <laughs> the thing that I've learned about running is just such a science experiment with all these changing variables all the time, you know? So like no, no variable is ever isolated. So you're always looking at like ways you can improve in each category, whether it's through your sleep or your your weights but also you know like i said remembering the principles the basic principles um so yeah it's been fun we've been growing a lot as a company getting some new coaches lots of new athletes and um it's just been really fun to like share the journey with people and and uh have have a good time sharing sharing that with them you know so you're you're coaching ben and then i saw a picture with him with a bunch of other guys like rory and some other guys like are you coaching all of those that crew yeah, yeah, I have like uh, five or about five athletes who are in person. Okay. Uh, most, 
I, I only coach like 12 athletes myself. Um, but yeah, about five of them are in person. It's just been fun. Like just kind of growing organically, you know, it's like you're up here in Flagstaff where you're crossing paths with, you know, really high level runners all the time. And, you know, oftentimes like people are looking to switch things up. So, um, you know, every once in a while I'll pick up, pick up a new guy and, uh, see what he can do under a different program and stuff. So it's been, it's been really fun. It's just kind of growing organically doing what it wants to do. But Sarah's also, you know, really wanting to train with other people as well. Mm-hmm. So even if it's people, people that aren't in my group, oftentimes like a lot of groups, like Mike Smith's crew, mm-hmm. like they're willing to just like, pull, let me bring my, some my athletes into their athletes workout and we'll mix in together so just trying to find ways to collaborate too when we can you know like doesn't always have to just be this is my crew and yeah. you know like like I, I just love that's one of my favorite things about being in Flagstaff is you go to certain places and you see all kinds of different runners and everyone's super friendly and encouraging and uh, everyone brings something to the atmosphere to make it a more exciting place to work out so you know we try to create that however we can yeah how long you guys have been there for quite a while now yeah kind of off and on since 2010 but full-time for yeah like four years now yeah okay so you would go like seasonally for like training camps and stuff like that but but four years you've been there been there yeah yeah exactly like in an ideal world for pros, like you kind of split time between sea level and altitude and cycle it and go back and forth. But that's kind of like what Ben is doing, for example. So mm-hmm. he hasn't been in Flagstaff for a little bit, but, um, so that's what we used to do. We used to go to Reading for like a month or six weeks and then come up here for six weeks and just kind of go back and forth. So that way you're kind of like re-stimulating your system every single time you change altitudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so did you, why did you decide, did you decide to stay more so that like your girls had more stability with school? Yeah. Yeah. We kind of just had to choose one where they're going to go to school, yeah. you know? So it's like, do we want to be more at sea level or more at altitude? And then also like Flagstaff is close to Phoenix where John Ball is. And he's like been a huge asset in both in my career and also in Sarah's career and keeping her healthy and keeping her going, you know? So that was also, you know, part of the decision as well. He's like, a legend. I can't tell you how many people talk about this John Ball. I don't even know what he looks like. I've never seen him in person, but like he's like this magician on all of you runners. Yeah, no, he is. He's a great guy. We've been seeing him since like 2010. And yeah, like if I always say like if if John can't fix, you probably no one can, you uh, know. And so yeah, like you you'll go in there, yeah, you'll see everyone down there, like all the top US runners. So not all of them, but most of them are in there seeing him and um yeah, he's he just has a unique kind of touch and feel. And being able to see what's happening, which is very unique. Like he used to run at ASU himself. So he knows what it should feel like, you know, and what it should look like. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a therapist with, I don't know. I don't know if a therapist could pick that up without doing it himself, you know? So just has a really keen eye for things. And um, yeah, he's he's in a category kind of of his own and, and a really amazing dude as well. So uh, I saw the announcement that Sarah's running Boston. That's exciting. Yeah, we're stoked. We're stoked to go back. Um, what's what's going on with her training and, and what's that look like with, with you coaching and everything? 
Yeah, uh, her training, it's been rough. She got IT bands uh, after Worlds. She's training for the fall. She was going to do actually a couple fall marathons is what she was planning on. But this IT band has just been super mm-hmm. stubborn. And, yeah, she's seeing John and doing a million different exercises and um, has had lots, you know, received. The One of the cool things about social media is if you say you have a problem mm-hmm. and you get all these people, like, reaching out. And a lot of people have um, reached out and been very helpful and, uh, like, like sending her personalized videos and you know like there's been a lot of, of outreach amongst the running community which we're super grateful for but even with all of that it's just been super stubborn um you know i think it's been like five months now and oh, she's she's she is back running now and actually today was like her first kind of workout so um she is back at it and she doesn't the good thing is she doesn't lose much fitness and to be honest like she probably needed a little bit of an extended mm. break she's been racing quite a bit um so i think she's going to come out of it super super well and and be and she's definitely like turned the corner now where she's actually back to faster running back to more kind of typical training but it's been uh it's been a rough one for her it was it was a really long injury or longest one of her career and uh, a lot of a lot of frustrating moments for her so you know she's going to be very happy just to be back out there and competing and pushing herself and um, she's just thankful to get to train at all now you know how it is it's like after you've had a long-term injury when you first come back you're just like oh this is the greatest just being able to run it all you know was she doing like pool pool stuff like was she exercising or did she have to like t- take a total rest yeah it was kind of a weird one because she was cross training a lot. Um, and she wasn't feeling it. Like it wasn't making it worse. Wasn't Uh irritating it. So she was able to cross train a lot through it. So she's, she's kept herself in really good shape. Yeah. Um, so that that's been kind of a good thing but um yeah like she's just you know the usual cross training stuff and um and trying to keep it under the pain threshold trying to not irritate it you know keep it good um so sometimes you know she can do more cross training than others but um yeah yeah hopefully we're through it now all right now this series i've got a new sponsor that i'm really excited about because i've been using their programs for years I'm a running coach myself and have been using VDOT for years. So VDOT02 is a coaching app for runners of all levels based on the science of legendary exercise scientist and coach Dr. Jack Daniels. VDOT offers access to the highest quality Olympic style training for runners of all levels right from any mobile device. It's designed to help runners train correctly and more intelligently. VDOT elicits maximum benefit while reducing the required effort. Dr. Jack Daniels spent his life researching how runners get faster, and one of his major findings was that running more or faster in your workouts doesn't always mean better results. VDOT workouts promote healthy, responsible, and beneficial sessions while simultaneously preventing overtraining. Did you hear that? I don't want to overtrain, do you? So listen, I've got a couple discounts for you all, depending on what you might be interested in with VDOT. So if you're an athlete and you don't have a coach and you want to check out VDOT, they have a great adaptive trainer. It is so simple. You input your training preferences and the app will personalize your workouts and coach you leading up to your future races. And unlike most running apps, VDOT knows you. It understands the type of runner you are, what you're training for, and how to maximize your efforts. It also gives you more control over your training, leveraging your feedback to deliver real-time data 
which fine tunes your training and leads to continuous progression. All right, so you can check out VDOT. If you are an athlete and you want to check it out, download VDOT02 on your smartphone or visit VDOT02.com. Select Adaptive Trainer and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, for 20% off. Okay, now listen, if you're a coach like me or you're someone whose friends are always coming to you for advice about running, you can learn how to utilize the platform for your runners. This is what I use. I've been using it for probably four years now. And, you know, I've been coaching runners for nine, maybe 10 years. And it is so much simpler with VDOT. It has taken my workload down and I really enjoy scheduling workouts in VDOT and then athletes can leave comments on their workouts straight from the app. I can look at it on my phone. It is such a time saver for any coach. Uh, you can try this out for a 30-day free trial. Visit vdot02.com to learn more. And if you are a listener and you're a coach and you'd like a free coaching consultation with the team at vdo 2 to discuss your coaching situation and how you can leverage the app to help your athletes perform, email me. I will talk you through it at lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. All right, friends, go check out VDOT and hey, thank them for this awesome series because because of sponsors like VDOT, I'm able to put out these bonus series that I'm so excited about. I highly encourage you to check them out if you aren't already using their app. Um, okay, so are you coaching any other pro females? Yeah, I've been working with McKenna Myler recently, and uh, she's pregnant right now. So that's been a, a big learning experience for me. Um, never coach a pregnant athlete. So I'm learning actually a lot second time around being pregnant. And I've been amazed at like how good a shape she's been able to stay in um, throughout her pregnancy. So, um, yeah, it's been fun working with her. But we're looking forward to, uh, you know, having babies safely out and then being able to get, get to work and really, you know, start start going after some marathons. And then are any of the guys you're coaching, are they, is anybody running Boston? No, I don't have anyone in Boston Just besides Sarah. Sarah so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I talked to Ben Blankenship a little bit about this being, you know, like him training for his first marathon cycle and like with the trials coming up in 24. So how you time all that is a little bit tricky, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We're all working back from the trials now, you know? Um, so you're, you're thinking about, yeah, when are you going to qualify? When are you going to make a run at getting Olympic games qualifying yeah. time, which is pretty stiff this time around, you know? Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of people on those faster courses, maybe this fall, even, um, looking at like Chicago, Berlin, like those earlier ones, cause you could run that and then be back ready by February for the trials. Um, but the spring is also, yeah, a great opportunity to, to go after some time. So, um, we'll probably see a lot of guys kind of chasing sometimes, which is, um, unfortunately you can't get that at Boston, but, mm. um, yeah. What do you think about the trials being in Florida? It's uh, Orlando. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it'll be interesting. I don't, you know, obviously to me a flat and fast course and, and the big variable with having the trials in February in Florida is the weather, mm -hmm. you know, like you don't know what you're going to get. So everyone's going to have to kind of be ready for heat and humidity. Cause I've been out there training in February before and I just like melted. It was like 70 degrees and humid, you know, mm -hmm. but you're coming from Flagstaff where it's like 30 degrees and like super dry and you're dying and that stuff. So, you know, like us, us cold weather living places in the winter, we're going to have to like do some sauna 
training, do some heat ad- adaptation training to be ready for that. But then you could show up and it's 30 degrees and really great for running. So, um, yeah, the weather kind of throws an interesting twist in there, but, um, yeah, it's going to be, you know, a pretty flat, fast course. So it'd be interesting to see like how it's run and, um, some of our fields, like the women's field and the, the men are really good as well, but the women in particular are super, super strong. You know, it's like, yeah, it's going to, it's going to take quite a run to, to get on that team. Um, you have to be in pretty amazing shape. So it's going to be really interesting. I'm excited for the buildup for it. Has there ever been a year when like, and I I am talking about the women more than the men on this a little bit, but like, has there ever been a year where there's been that many people who could potentially really realistically make this team? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not the greatest historian when it comes to running, (laughs) but um, I mean, it seems like, yeah, as competitive it's ever been, you know, uh, and like like new people coming into the scene and um, you got to take it, them into account as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting how it all plays out. Um, so talk to us a little bit about your daughter coming to NC State. I live in Raleigh, so I thought that was really exciting. Yeah, yeah, we were, you know, so excited for Mia when she chose NC State. Um, they just have, you know, such a great program there. And she's also, like, super particular about the weather. So, like, she did not want to go somewhere where it was going to be really cold in the winter and really snowy, you know. I think Flagstaff, you know, coming from Ethiopia then to Flagstaff, you're like, whoa, like, this is a pretty big shift in weather conditions, you know. Um, so she that was important to her. But really, I mean, the program, the girls, the coach, like, all that stuff just seems like a really great fit for her and she's she's really excited to be going there you know and see see what she can do collegiately and where she can take this thing and and more than anything I think she's just excited to be a part of a a really good team yeah the team Lori coach Lori Hennis has been on this show and like I just love how she talks about the team atmosphere and the culture and really that the girls love being together and it's it's like a whole big relationship outside of running on a course together yeah i know we we really liked uh meeting coach Lori and um i haven't met, met the girls on the team but mia yeah after a recruiting trip she's like yeah these are just great girls and seem very all kind of like-minded you know mm. uh, i think she does a good job of creating a um a culture of people that are all kind of thinking the same way going after the same things and 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 highly motivated you know that's always fun when you're around people who they show up and they're bringing something to practice you know and you can if you're not feeling it you can kind of ride on their coattails a little bit yeah it's like it's that mix of like you want to be a motivating person but you don't want to be like the main motivator you want (laughs) to surround yourself with people that are making you feel inspired as well yeah, you don't want to be the the only motivator, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Because we, I don't care like how like how motivated you are on a day to day basis. Like all of us have those days where it's like, man, no. To be honest, I'd rather just go home right now, you know. And you need someone else who's excited to be there to kind of be like, oh yeah, like, like let me just kind of ride their excitement for this and and buy into that, you know. But do you really, do you have those days? Because I feel like you don't. Oh, no, I definitely, I definitely do. The other day, my alarm went off at 5 a.m. And it was freezing cold in our room because Sarah likes to sleep with the room like super cold. So oh, it'd be like, me too. I feel you, Sarah. Yeah, like it'll be like seven degrees out and she'll have the door open in our room. And I'm just like so cold, freezing. <laughs> and she's got like all these blankets on top of her. Yes. And, 
<laughs> so anyways i was it was 5 a.m freezing cold in my room and like the the first step i was just like oh i do not feel like doing this right now i just want to sleep in but uh, that's when i just like don't think about it you know you mm-hmm. sometimes you, it just can't be an option anymore yeah. and that's when it's easy to be disciplined is when it's just not an option mm-hmm. you're like yeah I don't feel like doing this. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, I've told all myself these excuses a million times. And every single time, I'm like, I don't care. Get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, it's not an option. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so good. Um, I think it's a female thing, maybe a female approaching 40s thing, because I'm the same way as Sarah. And my husband sleeps in like a hooded sweatshirt. And I don't understand. And, but I do want it to be cold. And I want all the blankets. Like I want both. Yeah. You know, I yeah, don't know. You want, you want the support of the weight on top of you, right? Yeah. But I want it to be like freezing. Like I, I need it to yep. be, I want to be cold if I have to get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. No, Sarah, like when we go to a hotel, the first thing she does is walk in the room, take the the temperature as far down as she possibly can. If it doesn't go below a certain amount, she'll call them and be like, hey, do you have any rooms with the yes. AC that goes lower? <laughs> that makes me feel so, so much better because it really affects my sleep. Like if it's not below a certain temperature, I just like, I'll wake up, I'll be super restless. And I told my husband, I was like, listen, I don't care about the the budget on what the temperature is in our house because like there's no budget for how well I sleep. Like yeah. I will pay that bill. Yeah, that is, yeah, happily, huh? <laughs> totally. Um, well, tell us about like being a dad and managing like helping your kids manage their expectations with their athletic performances um coming up under you and Sarah being their parents. Yeah. I think, you know, just like in my own experience recently, I've really been focused on myself, like not making, getting away from the numbers, Mm. you know, and getting away from the performance end, but not necessarily because I want to underperform or I'm not going to check my performance because performance is the best way to measure growth, whether or not something's working, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like I was working on my hang in the gym today. Like if I don't time this, yeah, that'd be fun. But then I have no idea if my training is working or not. So you need data, you need feed point, you need the numbers, but you don't want those numbers to dictate what you're doing. Right. So I've been trying to like impart that to the girls a lot. Cause it's so easy in today's society where numbers are thrown around so easily you can get on Instagram, see how much this person's benching or how fast this person did this workout on Strava, whatever it is. It's so easy, you know, to like, let the numbers really control how you train. Mm-hmm. When really, like, that's not what training is supposed to be about. Like, the numbers are a reflection of what's happening in the training, in the unique science experiment that is your own personal training. But, like, our mind shouldn't be focused on trying to hit the split. You know, like it's so easy to get in that mindset. I got to do 10 by a K at three minutes a K mm-hmm. and you run 302 and you're all miffed, you know, but it's like not, that's not what training is designed to be. Like it's designed to be, um, a mindful practice where you are finding the perfect effort level and the pace is just like your best guess at what the right effort level is going to be. So trying to teach like younger athletes like Mia, who's in high school to tap into that. She's actually pretty good at it. Cause she came from Ethiopia where numbers are less talked about and less important you know it's about putting yourself in this big old group and just hanging as long as you can and that's like the goal of the workout you know 
um, or they're just, you know, they're just not as concerned about the numbers. So it actually comes pretty natural to her, but, um, just trying to like, make sure that she doesn't lose sight of that, you know, like that don't get away from just the beautiful sensation that running is and running at all the different paces and all the different experiences that are all part of running, whether it's the suffering in the training, the long, boring, long runs or the easy runs where you feel like trash, like it's all part of this like beautiful journey, you know, and to um, enjoy each part of the journey as she's going through it. Um, and then, yeah, just to not be controlled by performance. Like I think mm. that that for me as an athlete, it was the biggest killjoy was when I was all about had to run a mile under four minutes in high school. And that's all it was about. And then, you know, like you could have a great year, but if you don't hit that random number that you set for yourself, then like you interpret the whole year as a waste, you know, and that's, that's just like, that's really sad and it doesn't have to be that way. So trying to just, yeah, remind, remind her and the athletes we work with a run free about that as well. Just like, like the numbers are important, but yeah. they're not, they shouldn't be like the focus of what you're doing. Oh, that's so good. I mean, we know that effort-based training is like where it's at, but like how do you ride that line when, you know, so we'll just use Sarah as an example. Say she wants to break 220 and like you do know, like you said, that data is important. So like you do kind of need to know what ranges are and, and whatnot, but like does she just not pay attention and you pay attention so that she's just doing effort? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, she she definitely, she pays a lot of attention to it for sure. <laughs> um like, and, and it, it is a tricky one. Right. So I did this with Rory, like last week he was doing a threshold run and I was like, Hey, give me your watch. Like for this one, I want you to just tap into effort. I don't even want you to know how fast mm -hmm. you're going, you know? And, but that's a real challenge for, for both me or any athlete to go from like having a lot of data and always knowing where you're at and how fast you're going to all of a sudden having none. It's really easy to like lose focus, lose motivation because numbers can be like a highly motivating thing, yeah. you know? But I wanted him to like in that session, like, I don't care what the numbers are. I care about you finding the right sensation for this workout, you know, um, and you're going to mess that up. You know, like there's gonna be times where you go too hard and you blow up and there's gonna be times where you finish. You're like, dude, I could have gone way faster than that. So like, that's, that's the deal. Like you got to try it out in training and then you got to find, you're going to mess it up and be okay with messing it up. And then just tinker with how you do it the next time out, you know, and make little adjustments and eventually you get it right. But it comes from a whole bunch of workouts that you didn't get it quite right, you know, and, and you got to be okay with that. Yeah, because if he takes his watch off, you also don't have the data as his coach. Can you kind of, like, based on looking at what he's doing, zero in on some numbers? Yeah, so I had his watch on my bike, so, <laughs> so we still we we still got the data. So we finished oh, the workout, okay. and I and I stopped the time, and I was like, this was actually really interesting too. I was like, what pace did you feel like uh. you ran? So then you're like kind of gauging his perceived effort, you know, and he's like, I felt like that was like maybe like 458 pace or maybe like right around five minute pace. He thought it was, I was like, nah, you were like 4420 or whatever it was like 456 pace. Mm. I think it is. And, uh, and then he was stoked, you know, he's like, Oh wow, that was way better than I thought, you know? And he gets excited about that. I mean, that can go either way. Yeah. If you're like, Oh, I felt like I was running 450 and you're like, Oh, and then you, it turns into whole mind game things. So you're like, when do I tell them and when do I not tell them? You know, and then are they going to know if I don't tell them it was bad? Totally. <laughs> it's kind of tricky. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Um, so when you have an athlete sign on, like, 
do you go over like, these are the core values of like what training with us looks like? Not exactly. Um, we kind of let those come out like through videos and through our website and all, but really it's a culture thing too, mm-hmm. right? It's like, like me and Jay, the co-founder, we're about this. Our coaches that we choose, they're about this as well. And it's going to trickle down to the athlete, you know? So it's really like uh, adult elephants teaching the younger elephants how to act just by being there and, and doing what being an elephant, you know? <laughs> and it, it's kind of like a similar kind of feel with Run Freeze, just like this is who we are. This is how we do things. Like we are talking about camp for this summer up in Flag, and I was like, you know it be really cool? Because we are talking about how like different gadgets we could use to help people track their sleep and all this different stuff. And I was like, you know it would be really cool is for me to teach people to listen to their body because mm-hmm. that's like at the end of the day, that's what they really need to do. And they can develop that skill that's going to be hugely more helpful than like some uh smart watches telling you how much rim sleep you got last night you know um so that's you know a small example of where like we just kind of think a little bit different and run free and our approach is slightly different we we have those coaches that have that mindset we kind of tend to draw athletes who are also going after that as well you know so it all is just kind of a culture that kind of creates itself um all right well what are your like what are your goals for yourself personally with, with your own training in 2023? I know you always have like random crazy things you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just always having fun, you know, like I'm, I'm more and more about just like training for enjoyment more than anything right now. So like, it's been kind of cool. Like I you know, obviously I have my history as a runner where I spent 20 years trying to develop that as much as I could. Um, and then get into the strength training for the last six years or so. And felt like I took that about as far as I could, you know, and I could take it further maybe if I got, but it wouldn't have been at a healthy level. Mm. You know, I kind of want to avoid the, the like really extreme running version of me mm. that was also not very healthy, you know, and, and also like the really, really strong, the strongest version of me, which is also not very healthy. And I kind of want to find like the happy medium of the two. So I've been kind of like, doing more endurance work and uh and really like i've been loving just getting in the mountains more so we spend the mountain the summer in crested butte Mm -hmm. and i'll just go out with my buddy and just we'll just go deep into the mountains on some trails and then we'll scramble through the mountains get to the top of some mountain drop down to this little lake and it's just like i just feel like i'm a little kid just playing in the forest you know like so much fun and so like that's that's what i'm most excited about right now so i'm still like training for that in the gym and keeping the strength component and still trying to stay like as strong as I can but then I'm trying to bring a lot more endurance into what I'm doing now so I've actually been running more um, and doing a lot more rowing and that's been super fun just because I'm naturally better at the endurance stuff than the strength stuff you know so I can like not even do that much running and and see pretty good improvement you know and like be like moving along on runs feeling pretty good with pretty minimal work compared to the weight room where it's like I feel like I'm like the hardest worker in there and I'm like definitely not the strongest guy in the gym, you know? So it's fun to do things that you're good at. But like I said, it's also important to to work on those weaknesses that you've that you had. So I've actually been like starting to work on my mobility more, which I hadn't done any of that stuff since my pro running days. Cause I spent so much mm-hmm. time doing that as a runner. I was like, J- I just don't want to stretch <laughs> or roll on a ball or foam roll or do anything, you know? So I really didn't for like the last six years, but I'm starting to do more of that stuff now just so I can move through the mountains better and just, um, enjoy the mountains more. And that's really, that's really the goal, you know, no races, nothing just like, go deep into the forest and just be a kid and go play out there and have fun. 
such a good mentality that I've heard, I've heard a lot of pro runners even talking about that now. Like if I can race the way I raced when I was a kid with that mentality of just like beating bodies and, you know, um, I think I'll, I'll be a lot healthier in my, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And for us too, it's like, it's fun because we spent so much time just like going around a track in circles, um, or just doing like really monotonous training on treadmills and stuff like that. So when you get to like go out and like be in the forest, you know, and like, like a lot, that's why I think a lot of runners mm. get into trail running, you know, cause it's like, you can't, you can't really do that. I mean, some guys do, but it's just so easy to like roll an ankle, yeah. catch a toe. And then all of a sudden, like all your hard work is gone, you know, yeah. and especially cause like, like trail running is different than, than road running. So if you're used to the roads, you go out on the trail, like you're going to have a hard time. You're going to be like the, the slipping around the, um, yeah, the athleticism that comes with trail running. You don't necessarily have that. So it's really easy to get hurt out there. So it's fun for when you do like, finally hang them up to then be able to just go out into the mountains and get on all these trails that you couldn't do before. Um, super curious though. So you said you're running a little bit more. If you like went and ripped off the fastest 5k you could right now, what would you run? <laughs> it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be very good. I think, I don't even know what Put the your time, best guess out. If, if I had to guess it, I'd be better off guessing at pace. I don't know what it would be for a 5k, but I think it's sea level, sea level. Yeah, or sea level. Say sea level. Sea level. I don't know. I might be able to run six minute pace for 5k. Okay. Maybe I was running my Garmin the other day. I was out running with my dog in the forest behind our house and there's all this snow and I was just taking like, I was just charging through the forest, like not even taking it back. <laughs> and so I was running, you know, super slow, just in the slop. And I got back in my Garmin and like it said, I got a new record in the 5k and it was like 2945 <laughs> or something like that. I was like, if only my Garmin knew how good I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Uh, well, we'll ask one more coaching question and wrap up with end of podcast here. Uh, what's your advice to someone who is having some mental struggles with their training cycle? Yeah, I would just say, go back to like what you love about it, you know, um, like what is it at the deepest level of whether it's running or lifting, whatever you're doing, what is it that you truly love about it? Uh, that's kind of what I've had to do recently because you know, like, like I was talking about with the numbers earlier, it's like the numbers are eventually they're going to break your heart. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you if, if the numbers are what you're after, eventually they're going to get you. The numbers always win, <laughs> but, but the, the thing is that's usually not actually why most people are doing what they're doing. Like why, do I like to lift? Like, I love the sensation of it. Why do I like to run? Cause I love the sensation of just ripping through the forest, feeling like a million bucks. It didn't matter what speed I was. Like I can have that sensation, that same sensation now at eight minute pace. Whereas back in my running days, it might've been six minute pace or whatever it was, you know? Um, so like really grab hold of the essence of what it is that you love about what you're doing and reconnect with that and start from there. And then just let that love grow of what you're doing and then let it grow into whatever it's going to be, you know, like let go of all the expectations. That's the other thing that can mm. kill you. That's killed me in the past. You know, you expect you're like, oh, I'm going to feel like a million bucks or I'm going to expect that this season's going to unfold exactly like that. And then it's going totally not that way. And man, I'll be a mess when I'm that way, you know, so learning also to let go of expectations and more than, you know, hold goals and 
expectations really high level, really like just going to like, yeah, what do I love about this? And can I experience that even if it's in a different way than what I was expecting it to be? Um, so like kind of monitoring those two things, you know, if you can keep a handle on your expectations and you can remember what it is that you love about what you're doing and, and grow from there. I don't know. I think that's like the best advice I could give people. They're struggling with, with what they're doing. That's really, really good advice. I love, I love from our first conversation, you talked about wanting to take all those mistakes you made or like those ways that your heart was broken and like help, help other people not experience that through your coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it is in your mind, you know, it's like, yeah, so much of my own pain that I feel, whether it's with running or in life in general, it's all because of my perceptions, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of at the the root, a lot of it for me anyways. And so trying to now go back and like, I'm working with my little brother right now. I'm coaching him. He's going to run his first marathon at the Mesa marathon. Yeah. And he's in like super good shape, but like I'm going back and I'm writing his training for him. But the beginning of his training, I'm like, do not press in your training. Let everything just flow out of you. Like you are a river, just let it flow. Mm -hmm. Like, do not come to this workout. I'm doing 15 by a mile on, I think tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, the goal of this workout is to be as present as you can be in every single interval. And like, there is no other mile besides the Mm -hmm. one that you're in right now. And all you're going to do. So it's like, training the mind helping athletes with the mindset is really what i I love about coaching because i've had to navigate that myself and i've i've messed it up and i found things that work i found a whole bunch of things that didn't work you know so um being able to share those things with athletes is really kind of like when i come to life as a coach okay but back up really quick 15 by a mile like what what effort are we doing that mile at what is our rest between the mile i'm very <laughs> this is that this sounds like a monster yeah no it's a big workout for sure he's like you know he's like three and a half weeks out i think now or maybe he's four and a half weeks out and so he needs like his specific weakness he has a huge engine right came from like like running background but then got into cycling got super super fit on his bike and now he's kind of gotten back into running but he kind of struggles with the faster turnover stuff right so huge engine struggles a little bit with like sustained turnover so we're gonna do this turnover that we're looking for which is just a a little bit quicker than marathon goal pace we're gonna do it but we're gonna break it up for them you know um so it's like learning like how do we know identify the weakness and then how do we work on it without breaking him you know because you can't you can't just throw workouts at athletes that they have no way of completing right like the workout should be the workout that you have a specific purpose of it and you're gonna do the specific workout for the specific athlete with the specific skill set um, in such a way that's going to help them get stronger at their weakness. Right. And there's a lot, I spend a lot of time thinking about how to do that. You know, when I'm, when I'm writing and training for my athletes, most of the time I'm just sitting my computer like this. <laughs> just, <laughs> Cause you want to make just, it the best. Like you want to figure yeah. out that puzzle. Yeah. I'll, I'll chew on it. I'll chew on it. And sometimes I go back to it. I'm like, no, that's not quite right. Mm. And it's like, it really is like an art, you know, it's like, you're just like you painting something and you're working on it and you look at it and you're just like, no, that wasn't it quite. I need to like tweak something a little bit here and get back at it. And that, and I like that. I like that as a coach, you know, that's why I don't like myself personally. Like I kind of, I just write training like mm. old school, like on my computer, but like, I just write it like on a note, oh. <laughs> but it's because like, that the process 
this is like artistic for me Uh rather than like just having like pull down workouts, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's a place for that as well. It makes it easy and efficient and all that. But for me, like I I love the artistic side of coaching. So it's a way for me to kind of like bring that more into it as a coach. So are you like scribbling out emails to people then? Uh, so I just have like a shared note and then, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just write it on there. I know we're t- n- don't want to talk about numbers too much, but like, what kind of shape is your brother in? I just like, what kind of athlete is he? I'm so curious. Yeah, I mean, he's he's done. He's ran sixty two forty five. Oh wow. Listen. Yeah, he was sixty two something at a half in San Diego, which wow. was a net downhill, so ran a little bit quicker than normal. But I mean, whole I don't know what he'll do at Mesa. I mean, he's done fifteen mile thresholds at five minute pace. Like okay. he has a he has a real big engine. Like he he like won Footlocker cross country when he's in high school, his senior year. That was a while ago. Now he's yeah. five years younger than me, so he's like thirty five. But uh, he's he's in really good shape. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm excited to see what he can do. And it's right down here in our backyard. So I'm going to get out there and be cheering him on and stuff. It's going to be fun because he's cheered me on through so many marathons. So now I get to be the one on the bike cheering for him. Oh, that's exciting. Um, all right. What are what are you reading? What's the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, – what's the one? Oh, I'm reading The Boys in the Boat. Oh. Did you read that one? I no, I have it though, and I've heard such good things. Yeah, I really like it because you know I've gotten into rowing recently, uh-huh. and and he does a good job of like going into the mind of rowers and like what they're thinking and their approach, and it's really interesting. Like even like learning about like what the coxswains are yelling at these guys and talk about like a craft too. It's like, that is such a craft, right? It's like they all, their paddles have to enter the water at exactly the same time, leave the water exactly the same time. Like there's so much going on when you talk to someone who knows a lot about rowing, it's just like blows your mind. So it's a, it's a really cool book and kind of, it takes you back to, uh, you know, uh, Berlin Olympics and all that and what went down there. So really, really interesting. I'm enjoying that one. I'm like halfway through it. All right. I got to read. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have recommended this book and I have it I own it I just I don't know why I haven't read it um all right well let's just wrap up with what's your last message to leave with our athletes that are listening our listeners today yeah um you know I think just going back to just enjoying the day you know it's like it's so easy to get wrapped up and I, I listened to a really interesting podcast recently on goals and is this NFL guy and he's talking about how he, he didn't like goals. He, he thought they were limiting people. And that was a really interesting way to think about it. But I was like, I also don't like goals because it kind of takes away from today a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like when you're focused on the journey and, and you're and developing your craft and every single day is about excellence it's going to take you to a really good place. Like it, it might not take you to your quote unquote goal. Maybe it'll take you past it. Maybe it'll leave you short of it, but like it will be a good journey, you know, and a, a journey worth taking. So, um, yeah, just to focus on your craft every day. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. And tell hi, Sarah. <laughs> Lindsay says hi. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. We appreciate it. Or I, I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, friends. Thanks for being here today. Uh, If you aren't already following Ryan, he's a very inspirational follow. You can find him on Instagram, Ryan Hall 3, the number 3. You can find me on Instagram. I'm LindsayHine626. I would love to connect with you. On Twitter, I'm at LindsayHine. And if you want to learn more about Ryan and the coaching he does at Run Free Training, 
Uh, they are on Instagram, runfree underscore training. And uh, if you just go to runfreetraining.com, you can learn more. Uh, don't forget to check out VDOT, VDOT02.com. Check out their adaptive trainer. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y for 20% off. If you are a coach and you're interested, you can get a free trial as well when you go to V.O2.com and uh, send me an email if you have any questions about that. Lindsay at SandyBoyProductions.com. Uh, friends, you can learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our network. I also host a podcast for parents, which I'm super passionate about called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Uh, all the shows are listed uh, on our website, sandyboyproductions.com. I'm so grateful you're here today, and I hope you're having a great start to the new year. We will see you next week, and we'll see you this Friday on I'll Have Another. 